Listen up, everyone. We are back with another episode today. We are talking about how you can elevate your culture. And there is a number of ways we can do that. And I don't really know where we should start, Michelle or Keith. Where should we go with the listeners when we talk about elevating the culture? I mean, I feel like we're beating a dead horse, but like this is constantly a topic we need to discuss. So what should we get started with? Like, what should our listeners think about, whether they're an employee in the company or a business leader? Where should an HR business partner start in this whole elevating your culture process? Well, I think the topic of where to start should be where to start. So, <laughs> thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> what I mean is, you know, where does uh, elevating your culture begin? Where does it start? Who does it start with? And where does it where does it grow from? And I think some people would think that it starts with the people entering into the company entry level. I think that's also, it feels like the easiest place, like throw everybody in a, in a room together or virtual thanks to the times and let's just train up all the people. So it becomes like this, this quick solutions and lots of companies have tried it. I'm not saying, you know, don't beat yourself up. Like everybody from Starbucks to a mom and pop has probably started. Let's throw everybody in a room and tell them what good looks like. Yeah. But I don't know if that's necessarily like the ideal, right? Like, I I think everybody thinks it's so easy to start from the bottom up. But I really think like some organizations do this well and some have challenges with it. And sometimes every person that comes in from entry level, from the founder to the people that they hire seem to have a great culture. And it's just super interesting how the dynamics can change, especially as an organization evolves. Here's my take on this. I think the challenge is that when you talk about culture, the business leaders are looking at culture from a perspective of performance and behavior, whereas the employees, especially if we're taking a bottom-up approach, are looking at it from a perks and the environment perspective. And so I think that, especially for businesses that are starting out or they're building their culture for the first time, I think it really needs to be a top-down approach because let's be honest, if the senior leaders of an organization cannot agree on what the culture should look like from the top down, then they're going to be even less willing to adapt a culture that grows from the bottom up. And I think we've seen this um, in a number of situations, maybe not with culture specifically, um, but with other topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, or change management topics where you start in the middle or you start at the bottom. Ultimately, the, the challenge becomes that people take their lead at work based on their leader's opinions, ideas, or direction, whatever, right? So at the end of the day, most employees know who write their performance appraisal. And whoever writes their performance appraisal is the same person that determines how much compensation they get, what schedule they get, how happy they are, um, what projects they get to work on. And so in every single case, a person is going to take that direction from their leader. So if you start in the middle, then you've got all these mid-level leaders looking to upper leadership to try to find out, do they agree with what I'm saying? If you start at the bottom, they're looking above them the same way. Do they agree with what I'm saying? So 
I think you end up in this place where no one is willing to say what needs to be said because they're all making sure the person in charge agrees with them. Yes, standard philosophy is top down. But at some point, like I'll give you an example. I worked for an organization and the second from top leadership, he was super genuine. But like the top leadership, they just were super not bought into culture, not bought into training, not bought into investing in their people, you know, budgets, whatever the case may be. But that next level down was and like they were like so on it. They've come from other organizations and had so much that they wanted to give to the rest of the team, which was like below them that we ended up starting with that level because we knew we couldn't get top buy in. But the leaders were bought in at the second to top level and they were able to create a culture of engagement and really, you know, elevate their team there. So I think it's possible to start somewhere if that level is bought in and down, but it always helps if it's at the top, who's making the decisions in the organization. So I completely agree. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, when that happens, there's still that gap between, you know, the top and wherever that culture begins. But I think you're right. I think if, if you're able to generate a culture at a certain level and work down, then it becomes a kind of a strength in numbers type thing where it's like, well, the rest of the organization has already agreed upon this. So uh, it's time for you to get on board. One of the things that I think companies do, or I've seen companies do on a number of occasions, which it feels like it expedites the process in the beginning, but it ends up making efforts teeter out or die off is they push too quick. So it's like, okay, I'm going to hit every level and I'm going to do everyone at this level this week, everyone at this level next week, next week, next week. And I think Keith, you've, you've sort of nailed it. When everybody's on the same page, speaking the same language, you get all that buy-in. You can't change behavior in a day. Um, You can get buy-in. You can get people on board, excited, energized, but you've sort of got to pause for a minute to let that level of leadership really infuse it into everything they do, into their meetings, into into their department goals, into uh, the strategy for what's important for that department. They've got to be able to infuse that into everything in order for it to become part of the language. I think sustainability is particularly when it comes to soft skill related stuff like culture, where you're talking about conceptual things sustainability is often ignored for the sake of checking a box. Everybody can answer the question, what are our five core values? And so we we go for that, like, give me a hundred scores so we can say, well, you passed the test, but we're not really looking at the activities that create buy-in. Actually, I was on a conference this morning I want to give credit where it is due, but I don't have my phone with me. I think it's the, I'll find the name of the this group later so I can give the proper credit. And they were talking specifically about um, when a company's culture goes bad and it's a generational thing. So it's not just that you've got one bad leader, but there's been sort of toxicity in that culture for a while. They use the phrase, it's in the walls, like it's a part of the building, right? And to the opposite, that's sort of what you want to do with a good culture. You want it to be infused in all elements 
of the business, you want it to be in the walls and to be good, to be the thing that people think about constantly. Yeah, I, I you talk about sustainability and I think the important thing, and it kind of sounds like it's a little, I don't know whether it sounds a little philosophical or, or but I think the truth is, is that when you're trying to get culture to stick and you're trying to you know, create sustainability, then the, the intent behind the culture is really what matters. I think if, if business leaders set out to create a culture and their intent behind it is to squeeze more productivity out of workers, that's going to show up. They're going to read that on their face. They're, it's going to come out of their pores and it's going to, it's going to fall flat. You know, uh, Simon Sinek always talks about starting with why, right? And that the, that the why behind anything is what matters. And he talks about how Apple is so wildly successful, not because of the product I create, because, you know, there are so many other companies that create electronics and it's not because their products are, have a white case or, or any other, it's because their marketing is all directed at starting with why we're doing this, you know, what we're hoping to change. And I think that's where culture needs to be too. We're doing this because it's the right thing to do. We're doing it because we're taking care of our people. And it needs to be genuine because if it's if it's if you're coming from a place of we need to put a culture in place so that people will actually show up and do their jobs, it's never gonna work. It's gonna fall flat and people are gonna know that it's phony and you're gonna you're gonna end up in a worse place than you started off with. You know, it's interesting. Why do you think we're still talking about that? Because in the world of HR. And guys, for the record, sometimes HR can be the first people on board for change. Uh, we're often the group that is asked to initiate it. Cultural stuff, we're usually on board with those changes as well. But we've been talking about why for a really long time. Why do you think we're still talking about it? I don't. I mean, it'll be interesting because I think your new and developing leaders that grow or are prematurely promoted an organization don't realize the whiffums like they don't realize the whys, right? They don't, they don't know that because I recall the day that the light bulb went out for me when I was an early promoted leader, because as an individual contributor, as a, you know, growing through my career, I was never taught to give people the whys because I was never a leader. And so then you don't really talk through the whys, right? Unless you're truly educated about it. And we can't expect an entire population to know that they always have to give the whys when they're explaining something. I mean, you would think it's common sense, but I don't know. I mean, that's just my thought on it is that as people are growing, I don't think that that's really instilled in the cultural values. I don't know, Keith, what are your thoughts? You know, it's funny you say that. I don't, I don't, I don't think it is common sense because especially in our generation, I know it's different now. I think parenting is different now than it was, but I can remember Many a times when I was told, because I'm your parent, that's why. <laughs> and no, it's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just do it because I because I'm your parent and that's why. And I think, think that that kind of carries over into, you know, the only when especially with leaders who have never found themselves in a leadership position before, the only thing they have to 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 to, to pull from is their experience with with authority and and in 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 their past and that's usually teachers and parents right so i think if if we're not setting them up with the skills to to create a culture and to lead people effectively and to serve people then that's what they're going to do they're going to pull on their own experiences and i think that it, part of it is is generational i know i know that 
like I said, for me, that was the, the motivation to get, to get me to do something. Go clean your room. Why? Because I said so, right? So, and I think that just carries over. And I think that, you know, now, now that millennials are kind of breathing new life into business and they're, and they're coming in with different expectations and they've been raised differently. And they, I think that now the expectation is I need to know why you expect this from me. I need to know what my greater contribution is to and what the purpose behind my actions are. And just because I said so isn't cutting it. So I think one of the things that will allow companies to get better at that is to have that honest, open dialogue with leaders as you are talking about culture, right? So as we are saying, you know, here are the places where we're strong, here are the things we got to button up, here's how you could talk to your team. It's those leaders saying, this is what good looks like when you communicate with your team. True. But, you know, who is going to give that to them? Is the HR business leader helping the top leaders do that? Is it other leaders helping your senior leaders? Like, how do you get that ball rolling? I would say it's a combination of people. I think one of the biggest mistakes that companies make is when they rely on HR to own this process. Because here's the deal, and it shouldn't be this way, but in so many organizations, HR is like the principal, the moderator. I don't even know what to refer to us to, but the print, we're like the people that you go to when you're in trouble and or when you're mad at somebody and you want to get somebody in trouble. And it shouldn't be that way. That's not what they are there for, but that's a reality, right? In most organizations, HR has influence, but that's the extent. You can't have HR lead cultural change because the leaders are the ones every single day talking to employees. They're the ones that see their work. They're the ones that give them feedback. They are the ones that are present. So you've got to have that great alignment with every single leader within the organization. And HR cannot make that happen. What are your thoughts, Keith? No, I think you're right. And I think that, you know, if we're going to say that we have to, we have to give our employees the why behind the culture, then it's got to be the same when we're developing leaders. They need to understand the reason behind why it's important to have these communication skills and, and what their role is in building this culture. And I think it really comes down to, and I know I've said this before, but I think it really comes down to the fact that leaders are in that role for one purpose, and it's to, it's to serve others. And that needs to be the why. The, the why needs to be that your role as a leader is not to get somebody to do something because it benefits you. Your role is to help somebody to do something because it helps them to grow and it helps them to become a better contributor. And I think that that's where it has to start. It's got to start with the whys from the leaders. And then that kind of value will, will, will show up when those leaders, when those effective leaders, when those genuine, authentic leaders are communicating with employees. But I don't know that, that it's always got to come from HR because, you know, especially, you know, I think that HR is, is a department that gets burned out quicker than some others. I know many times when you I've talked to people in HR and you talk about, you know, building culture and they're just like, nobody's got time for that. You know, we've got no time for that. <laughs> so I think the first step is getting everybody on board with the 
you know, the mission behind culture, the, the why behind culture, why it's important and what, you know, who it serves and what it generates. And before you can even start talking about building it, because there's no one person that's going to be able to do it. There's no one department. It's got to be viral or it's not going to be effective. True. Absolutely. And I think, you know, even Keith, you said, um, they've got to know the why. One of the things that I hear often, particularly both in in the role of an HR professional, but also in a learning and development role, we hear this in classrooms all the time where mid-level leaders will say, but I don't know the why either. Um, I think one of the things that you can do as an organization is start setting some ground rules. You know, one of the things I tell leaders in my classroom every single time is too bad. Like the minute you take on responsibility for a group of people, your expectations are elevated. And I think what we do, actually, I don't think I know. I know what happens in the selection process or the promotion process is we give them a job description that says things like, you're going to be responsible for communicating widget B information to this employee. Like we give them tactical information on that job description. And we don't say things like, it's your job to ask questions so that you can communicate it forward. It's your job to know what the expectations are. Ask your boss. So I feel like we don't set leaders up for success always because we talk so much about the tactical thing and we don't say as the role of a leader, key to your point, your job is to serve your team. And you do that by finding the information. Here are your resources. Here's who you can ask. Here's how you can find it. Yeah. So I think it comes to all, like you you both mentioned a little bit, but like it's it needs to be really involved within all departments and you need to start with training. And Keith, you mentioned something the other day when we were talking that um, was very interesting when we were having a discussion about training, but you said there were some Ferrari trainings uh, or you were some sort of, you'll have to tell the listeners about this Ferrari trainings to Toyotas. Like, can you tell the listeners about this story and like how that really impacts this whole really immerse, immersing culture from top-down leadership and retraining your leaders and creating that bench? Yeah. So it was a conversation with, um, with a senior leader and we were talking about, uh, we were talking about training and, and the feedback was, is that the training that we're proposing is equivalent to a Ferrari, but the audience that we're planning to deliver it to, they were related to Toyotas saying, that, meaning that this is going to be way above their head. This is gonna be lost on them. And I think that it demonstrates that there is a false belief that people need to be at a certain skill level in order to be able to develop leadership skills. And I think it's the other way around. I think if you are, I think once you start developing leadership skills, it creates an engine in them that makes them want to build their skills, that makes them want to grow, you know, promote self grow and, and develop themselves. And so I think that, you know, we talk about meeting people where they are in leadership, but there's also something to be said for lead people where you want them to be, not where they are, right? So it's about leading leading ahead and and treating them as if they're already performing and at, you know at a certain level and if you do that, they'll stretch and they'll reach to meet you. 
You know, we, um, Keith, I love that example. I remember seeing um, Diane Scarpa in a training class when she was standing at the front of the room and she held her hand with her palm down right around her hip. And she said, people will meet the bar. And then she raised her hand up to her shoulder. And then she said, regardless of where you said it. And then she put her hand back down, right? If you expect people to be Toyotas forever, they're going to be Toyotas forever. If you expect them to be that Ferrari, they will step up because ultimately, and I will always argue this regardless of who I'm talking to, people want to do a good job. They want to be successful. They want to contribute and they want to feel valuable in the space that they hold. But if you're going to set your expectations at the level of a Yugo, then you should expect to get Yugo quality employees. Yugo, interesting. <laughs> do you know what a Yugo is? A Yugo Magogo. Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard that in a while, though. So, yeah, so I think I, you know, I, I'm not sure if Keith wants to elaborate on this, but, I, you know, I think that's the most critical component is we need to set the bar and set the standard. But you also like you need to train your Ferraris to also do better and do good. I can't emphasize that enough. That's a great point, especially because the truth is, is that if you set your standard too low, your Ferraris won't stay Ferraris. They'll devolve into Toyotas. <laughs> Regression is a real thing. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, when we talk about, you know, culture and elevating your culture, this is where you start. This is the starting point. You need to make sure your top down leadership is focused on. You need to make sure that you're providing the right resources and training. It's literally like and then wash, rinse or repeat. So, again, like your Ferraris will eventually turn into Toyotas. And I don't even know why a Toyota is like. A different standard in this scenario like i get it but yeah it's interesting disclaimer we have we have nothing but the greatest respect for the toyota corporation <laughs> it just does not cost as much and it is not as sleek as a ferrari it just isn't maria i think that also to your question earlier one of the things that you should do for sure right away is create a culture committee and it should be a diverse group of people people it should include hr because i promise you hr will help you get there faster they're already on board but it should also include your communication department so that they can help you communicate correctly it should include leaders at all levels it should include employees too um, because in a previous previous job I worked in manufacturing and I can promise you top-down culture does not um, it is very hard to make it stick in a manufacturing environment if your um, frontline employees did not have a say in what that culture is they will eat up your plan all day long so um, get your employees involved in that culture committee Great segue. Michelle, you said get our communications team and everyone else involved. So stay tuned, listeners, for our next episode. We are going to drill down into this a little bit more because once you create that culture committee, you actually need to involve them and immerse your organization a little bit further. So 
Listen in, stay tuned, get your culture started and elevated. Go do it right now. Bye, everyone.